So there's this dude on my TV yesterday. National Network. No chance whatsoever I'm going to share the name with you. Entirely because I don't remember it. I don't know that I've ever seen this individual before. But there's this dude on my TV who comes on ripping the Steelers. Phony 8-0 team, uh, don't deserve the record they have, nowhere near the best team in the league. And it got actually a little nastier than that. Good morning to you. Good Thursday morning. I'm Dan Kovacevic of DK Pittsburgh Sports and this, the newly reborn DK Sports Radio Podcasting Network. I'm not a big fan of that sort of thing. You can kind of tell, uh, mostly because I see right through it. Uh, I've competed against reporters who do that kind of thing. I've worked with them. They're looking for nothing other than than a response. They're looking for you to remember who they were. They're looking for you to follow them on social media. They're just trying to get a rise out of somebody so that you can remember the name. They don't actually even care what it is that you think about this. They don't care if they know that their position is invalid. doesn't matter. It's this deliberate public contrarianism, if that's even a word, that's adopted to try to get you to talk about them. And I'm only going to do that today because the subject itself seems to have actually caught on. And that happens with the Steelers. The Steelers, as I've mentioned many times on this show, are the NFL's marquee franchise. If they're not the marquee franchise, they're a marquee franchise, right up there with Patriots and Cowboys, and I guess you could probably make arguments for a couple others, but not many. So when the Steelers are in the news, everyone's going to be looking for some kind of different original angle to it. And the truth is, 8-0 is boring. You know, you can't manufacture storylines out of it. We can't even go into locker rooms right now as reporters. So we're not, you know, able to do our usual digging and -and so-and-so told me off the record and so forth because we're all just interviewing them over Zoom calls. Just a different world. And yet you still have to try to make it interesting. So this dude on my TV is cutting up the Steelers, and this dude isn't the only one doing it. There's even... Some fans of the Steelers that are doing it. Here's what Cam Hayward had to say on this subject with us yesterday. They hate us because they ain't us. Um, you know, uh, uh, we don't really care what's going outside out of here. You know, we got to focus in on, you know, if it doesn't look pretty, who cares? You know, we're 8-0. Um, you know, it's our job to keep stepping up week in and week out, and we hold ourselves to a higher standard than everybody else thinks. Um, but, you know, for all the guys looking and saying it's got to look like this, um, you know, one thing I can say is the Super Bowl winner hasn't been determined. So we're going to keep working. Our job is to make the playoffs and then to win the Super Bowl. So I'm going to leave it at that. See, that's cool. That's healthy. You want that. Uh, any athlete, any competitor in any walk of life will tell you 
that they feed more readily off of something that angers them, something that stokes a fire. Praise doesn't do that. Praise can create an atmosphere of comfort or complacency. Somebody telling you that you can't do something or that you aren't that good or whatever, that's only going to be good for you. So this is a positive for the Steelers. So I'm not expressing any outrage here because I'm concerned about what it could do for the local football franchise. These are mature adults, almost without exception, on that roster. And they'll use it appropriately. And actually, so will the head coach. Mike Tomlin's really, really good at finding stuff like this and making the players aware of it. And they'll only benefit from it, especially since after having a tough time with the Cowboys, they've now got a couple other bottom feeders their next two games with the Bengals here this Sunday and then down in Jacksonville. Could be a good thing for them. Fine, great. What I'm going to do instead is just point out some actual facts. The Steelers' 8-0 record is, duh, the best in the league. Okay? Again, start there, end there. But I won't. But I won't. The Steelers are also third in the league's overall rankings in points differential. I value this stat a lot, not just in football, but also in baseball and hockey. If you show me a baseball team that's right around 500 but has like a minus 60 or minus 70 run differential, I'll show you a baseball team that's about to hit a 10-game losing streak. It is the best predictor of team success slash failure that you'll find. Same goes for hockey, goals for, goals against. Whatever the differential is will tell you who that team really is. Because really, that's what hockey's ultimately about. How many goals have you scored? How many have you given up? And it only gives you a larger sample size, a larger foundation of data than just wins and losses. The Steelers rank third in the league, plus 74. The only two teams ahead of them are the Chiefs and the Ravens. The Steelers, of course, just won in Baltimore. I'd say that's pretty legit. But if it's not enough for you, the Steelers rank 25th in total offense, which is lousy, and I'll get to that in a second. Sixth in total defense. And for anybody who doesn't know what total offense or defense is, it's plain and simple average yards per game. That's it. It means how much you've moved as an offense or from the other perspective, how much you've allowed the opponent to move. There's nothing fancy about that stat, although it sure sounds that way. And the Steelers are also third in the league in turnover differential at plus seven. And that's also really good because that's reflective of both sides of the ball. They were, up until Dallas, a very good special teams unit as well overall. Kick coverage, kicking, punting, punt coverage, everything. And then (laughs) everything just went kablooey against the Cowboys for reasons I'm sure 
Mike Tomlin and Danny Smith are working on all this week. It's a pretty complete football team. So why the knocks? Okay, in addition to the media stuff that I've already described, if you wanted to get real with it, if you really wanted to find a reason to doubt the Steelers or even criticize them to this point, it would be the offense, and specifically the offense's inability to generate the big play, the splash play, the deep passes downfield. I've been talking about these all season. I'm going to continue talking about them until there's a solution. There was not one in Dallas. Ben was 0 for 5 in attempts over 20 yards. There was the semi-deep ball, I guess you'd call it an intermediate ball, to Juju Smith-Schuster for the touchdown that Juju kind of did that squirming thing that he does down at the goal line, pulling guys across with him. Nonetheless, it was a pass of some distance, not that much. The other attempts that Ben made downfield didn't connect. Chase Claypool did not have a good game. Three balls right through his hands. I'm not 100% sure what it's going to take for that to change, but that's the variable. That's it. Um, That's not to suggest that everything else the Steelers do is immaculate and couldn't be bolstered. I mean, we're talking about a defense that's given up 409 combined rushing yards over the last two weeks. Injuries or not, that stinks. We're talking about uh, an offense that also gave up completely on its running game in Dallas to the point that running backs weren't even taking the field. That's also a worry, mostly from the standpoint of the offensive line mysteriously not being able to run block at all. But you're not going to see the Steelers get their big kudos, whether it's from national media types, uh, phony or otherwise, or even from their own fans until you start seeing them put up bigger numbers yardage-wise. When we've talked about Ben's performance through eight games, we've mostly talked about the things that he's done to win games. That's not a knock, believe me. Not everybody in the league can do what Ben has done to win games out of these eight. Ben's done a lot of that winning, I wouldn't say on his own, but where it's mostly on his shoulders, including Dallas. There's no way the Steelers win that game if Ben doesn't just say, you know what, i got to put together some drives here. And he did that. They're down 10 points entering the fourth quarter. Not many teams ever come back from that kind of deficit that late. And he did it kind of coolly. But he's also, if you listen to him carefully, he's a little frustrated. I don't think there's any doubt about that. He wants to get this figured out. He wants to have a game where he can pop a couple of those, put them on film, and have future opponents respect the Steelers' ability to go deep and open up more options for himself underneath where he's had all the success this year. That's big. 
When that happens, and I'm saying when, not if, because I'm going to stay stubborn with this one, there is no way that Ben Roethlisberger, with his history with the deep ball, isn't going to figure it out. Don't talk to me about the elbow when he's overthrowing people. Not underthrowing, overthrowing them. He's putting too much on the ball. As he's joked himself, you know, maybe the surgeons did too good of a job in fixing the thing. He will figure that out. Chase Claypool will figure that out. He won't have three drops again. You'll see Deontay Johnson break open for a big one or two. You'll see James Washington have one of those uh, 50-50 combat catches. You know the ones I'm talking about where the quarterback will just put up a moonshot and say, we know James is coming down with this thing. That will happen. When it does, you're going to silence a lot of critics and skeptics regarding this 8-0 record. But you're not going to silence all of it. Because everybody, somebody, people are always going to look for something, you know? 8-0 is boring. It doesn't make for great copy. It just doesn't. When we come back, I'm going to talk about something else about this 8-0 football team that doesn't sit well, but really nobody's talking about it. The Steelers are 8-0 if I haven't mentioned that half a dozen times in this program already. It's a real thing. It's a real thing worth really appreciating. There's also more than a single sign that it's not going to last a whole lot longer. And unlike the topics that I brought up in the opening segment today, which are more, you know, hot takery or populist type of things that people will commonly discuss. I'm going to give you something else. I'm going to give you something else. When I came back, I flew back on uh, Monday from Dallas. Obviously, it had seen the game live once already. Got to see it from a good vantage point, by the way. The Cowboys have their press box in the end zone at AT&T Stadium. So you watch the running plays as they develop. You see holes. You see football the way it's actually being played right down there on the field. I mean, it's played up and down. It's not played side to side the way we watch it on TV and the way we watch it at most press boxes. So that was cool. But when I, I came home, almost always I'll make an attempt to watch a game again on TV and have the opportunity to study things a little bit more and have a better feel for what I just covered while also managing other things. You know, we have a live file that we do on the website and everything else. So there's a lot of other distractions. This is just, you know, me, the remote, and a big healthy chug of iced coffee. What I noticed more than anything that stood out in an alarming way, it's going to surprise you. First, I'm going to let you know that this portion of Daily Shot is brought to you by our friends at the personal injury law firm of Luxembourg, Garbett, Kelly, and George. They represent people who are hurt in car accidents, who need help with workers' comp, who filed medical malpractice claims 
LGKG, the attorneys who work there are AV rated, which is the highest rating a law firm can receive for legal ability. They're also designated as super lawyers. That's capital S, capital L. It's a big deal. They've had that designation for over 15 years. And the two things I just mentioned make for a rare combination in that industry. LGKG has offices in Cranberry, Newcastle, Beaver Falls, Butler, Elwood City. You can learn more about them online, too, at lgkg.com or by calling 888-842-5454. They were tired. Yeah, that's that's my big football-ish revelation here. And very specifically, the Steelers' front line, meaning the defensive line and, of course, the edge rushers, Bud Dupree and T.J. Watt, were tired. The Cowboys don't have some great offensive line. And, in fact, they lost their center in warm-ups. Dude pulled his hamstring. This should have been field day for these guys. They should have feasted. Never mind Dallas having their fourth string quarterback, Garrett Gilbert, out there who'd only thrown six NFL passes in his life. This should have been just a massacre. But it wasn't. So when I watched this tape, I was expecting more than anything else that I was going to see the Cowboys doing Max Protect, which I hadn't noticed live, but no. Nothing of the kind. No real gimmicks. They weren't double-teaming TJ. They weren't double-teaming Bud. They were just sealing their blocks. I was expecting maybe to see that the Steelers dropped their linebackers into coverage a lot, and that that actually was the case. Uh, Bud spent a lot of time dropping back, but TJ was back there too. Keith Butler decided for reasons I can't begin to fathom, but I'm planning to ask him later this morning in his weekly press conference why he stopped blitzing. He just did. He just was like, we'll save the blitzes for some other team. I don't know. I I I didn't get that. But when the Steelers did rush the passer, when Bud, TJ, Cam, Stefan, When they rushed the passer, I am here to tell you they had no gas. Some of that makes sense. Because if you think back to the last two games that they played between Nashville and Baltimore, they had two really tall tasks with two of the better rushing attacks, uh, different types of challenges, obviously, with the Titans just coming at you and bludgeoning Derrick Henry into your line and then facing Baltimore and all the different options that they have with Lamar Jackson and uh, J.K. Dobbins and everything else that the Ravens were doing. It was a big, big task, both of them, Nashville and Baltimore for those guys. And they were also out there for a ton of snaps, more than 75 in each game. 
that is a lot of football. That is a lot of physical football to be played. And I don't need to be the one to repeat that they really were robbed, the Steelers, of their bye week. And when I see that defense right now, that defensive front, for which no one had an answer over the first seven weeks, not one team had come close to keeping TJ in particular quiet. And TJ and Cam shared that big eight-yard sack very late in the game at a really good time. But otherwise, that was it. There was one other sack in the game, It was, and it was by Alex Highsmith. The rest of the guys that you're expecting to put all the pressure on and everything else, it didn't happen. And it's not because Garrett Gilbert was something great. I mean, he scrambled a little bit and threw them some curves and was definitely better than what anyone would have thought. But he's not why it happened either. I watched this. I watched for this very carefully, and all I saw was the Dallas offensive line standing tall, looking strong, looking energetic, and commanding the line of scrimmage. There are two teams out there. I'm not going to shy away from giving the Cowboys credit. They played well. They played well in, actually in, in all facets. But I'm also not going to ignore something that's really, really important, and I, I don't have an answer for it. I don't have an answer. I, I like to, whenever I bring up anything that sounds like a, a criticism or, or whatever, I like to at least suggest something, some way that they could fix it. But what do you do? I, I, I did write a column this week for DK Pittsburgh Sports that I'd like to see more of Alex Highsmith just on merit. Kid's been great. And he's only had 95 snaps with the defense through half a season. I mean, that's 1.2 games, basically. He's been really, really good. He's made an impact in every way. Just hasn't been out there much. Maybe he needs to rotate through a little bit more. Maybe the Steelers need to find a way to spell Bud and TJ. Uh, you can't do that at all with Cam and Stefan because without Tyson Alualu, they're getting gashed on the run. Those guys have to stay out there because Isaiah Bugs isn't doing the job. Henry Mondo sure isn't doing the job. Who are you going to rotate in and out to give Cam and Stefan a blow? Nobody. Nobody. And neither of those two is a child. And you're not going to get a break. You're not going to get a bye. It's just going to continue like this. And these are the bad teams. Dallas was one of the bad teams, one of the ones that you'd hope they would have gotten up early and been able to put in, you know, Carlos Davis, their six-round draft pick on the defensive line, who did play a little bit and actually had one really nice pursuit. See these guys out there uh, to spell the guys who are the starters, but if those guys don't have the gas at the beginning of the game, they're not going to get off the field themselves and then the game is going to go on longer. And then they're not going to get out of the game at all. 
and then you run into Baltimore after these next two opponents. And then in there is Buffalo as well, another game against Cleveland. Uh, I don't see where they're going to get a break. I don't. And that's one of the things that I worry about with this football team, not just the defense, but in general. These guys aren't going to get a break. They're not going to get a break. And they have to somehow find a way to manage that, to keep themselves healthy, to keep themselves fresh. Ain't easy. Ain't easy. When we come back, uh, uncomfortable coronavirus talk. At Point Park University, in the heart of downtown Pittsburgh, they understand there's no substitute for real-world experience and career-building connections. Their innovative curriculum engages students with distinctive experiential learning opportunities. Point Park's pioneering co-op program empowers qualified students to work in full-time, paid positions with their corporate partners while earning college credits. Visit pointpark.edu works to learn more. Career ready. That's the point. Point Park University. Hey, welcome back. Presuming you stuck around, even though I'd mentioned just before the break that I was going to get into some uncomfortable coronavirus talk. I'm sure that's cause for a lot of people to say, you know what, I'm done with this particular episode. This portion of Daily Shot is brought to you by the very good people at the Greater Pittsburgh Community Food Bank. Their mission is feeding those in need and eliminating hunger right here in western Pennsylvania. This is what they do. This is their mission. They don't have a second gear. You know, they don't have another weapon in their arsenal. This is it. And it's a worthy cause. In normal times, one in seven people in our region don't know where their next meal is coming from. And in coronavirus times, uh, it's that much scarier. The need is greater. The Greater Pittsburgh Community Food Bank's current program can be found at growsharethrive.org. Don't punctuate that. Don't hyphenate it. Just type it the way you heard it, growsharethrive.org. There's a great and temporary offering that if you put in $10, there's a matching $5 or any mathematical extrapolation of that. And $1 is all it takes to provide enough food for up to five meals. Again, the website is growsharethrive.org. A lot of... Our dialogue in the days and weeks to come, I don't want to say months because this has already been bad enough, so let's just stick with days and weeks, is going to be about the coronavirus. Um, It doesn't take the lead epidemiologist at a university to look at the COVID-19 map of the United States right now and see what's happening. Um, The red is almost everywhere, really, except in Pennsylvania. Um, So we can count our blessings for that. But in Ohio, of course, right next door, they're shutting down bars and restaurants and limiting gatherings again, and a lot of it's going to start looking and feeling 
like March and April again. I don't think we're going to have a total lockdown. The World Health Organization itself has decreed that the lockdowns that were held back at that time really weren't that effective, that what was more meaningful was just being responsible, wearing a mask, the whole six feet thing, washing the hands, you know all this by now. That if people just did that, the lockdowns aren't necessary. The numbers stay about the same. You know, unfortunately, not everybody buys in. Uh, Even some of the people who do buy in get lazy about it, get irresponsible about it. Mind-boggling to me, but some people actually see it as a political thing. I mean, it's a it's a public health issue. It it should be the polar opposite of political, regardless of which part of the spectrum you choose. But I, I'm not going to lie here. I, I've tried to shoot straight with you um, through this whole thing, and this is another unsettling time Um, sports will be affected there's no doubt in my mind there's no doubt that when I look and see cases rising all across the country that cases are rising right now in the National Football League uh, in college football the SEC is postponing four games this week four games you know that's you're getting into some really ugly territory when that starts happening. The NFL's competition committee, uh, including Mike Tomlin, met earlier in the week to already begin plotting if delays or postponements push NFL games into a necessary extra week of the regular season, what they're referring to as Week 18 because they see what's coming as well. The Steelers were the only, not the only team, but one of the few teams that hadn't been touched at all by COVID until this past week when a staffer was announced as having it on Saturday, and then, of course, Vance McDonald on Monday, and the four other players, including Ben Roethlisberger, that were placed on the COVID list just out of contact tracing. They haven't tested positive. But now you're seeing them get affected too. There aren't going to be exceptions to this. There's not going to be one team that can look down its nose and the rest and say, wow, we were so much better than you at this. It's just too widespread. There's just too many people who have it. There's too many people's friends and relatives who have it. There's too many people at a store or any place else where you would congregate or be around others who'd have it. And this is going to get worse before it gets better. Again, I'm not breaking any big medical ground here in sharing that. We can just look at the math. We can look at the precedent that's in place. Sports has been able to carry us, those of us who love sports, through these past four or five months, really since the return of baseball, but also the bubble returns of the NHL and the NBA. And then the Steelers come back 
speaking strictly from a Pittsburgh perspective and give us an 8-0 team, and that's really uplifting and everything else. But even then, you never lose sight of it. The, the events never let you lose sight of it. Uh, you know, I was down there in Arlington. Jerry Jones somehow got permission to put 30,000 people in AT&T Stadium. And the place holds like 100, so it's still pretty scattered. But it still felt like, you know, this just – it was such an outlier compared to the rest of the NFL that it was uncomfortable. I'm not going to lie. I'm not going to lie. It was uncomfortable. You wonder how something like that didn't have or won't have some kind of residual impact. But you're going to start seeing less of that. Um, in Massachusetts, they told the Patriots, no fans, period, that's it. Rest of the season, you're done. And they didn't have any in the first place. In New York, they haven't had any, meaning the state of New York. So Bills, Jets, Giants, nothing but nothing but empty stadium games, including the one that the Steelers played in East Rutherford, and I'm sure including the one the Steelers will play in Orchard Park in December against the Bills. No people. Not with what's happening up there right now, because New York is starting to uh, sound the sirens, if you will. All businesses, even in Manhattan, are closed now at 10 p.m. Can't even picture that in Manhattan. I don't have a, a, a magical conclusion here. I don't have some point that I'm trying to make. Just... Just kind of setting the stage here. Uh, this is this is going to become a thing again. It's it's going to become the thing again, especially with uh, the election over, uh, and also because people are tired of this, you know. And I get it. I'm tired of it. I'm 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 sick of it. You know, I, I'm I'm sick of having our lives disrupted, our business disrupted, uh, and infinitely worse than that hearing from friends or from family members about others who've been directly impacted by the virus. For real. Here's hoping, you know. There was a vaccine announcement a couple days ago from Pfizer. We'll see what comes of that. If it really has a 90% efficacy, as, as they're saying, that's spectacular. That's a great, great efficacy rate. They'll tell you that if it's even 70%, that's something that you send to market. If it's 90%, then you send it to market with confidence, which is going to matter given what it's going to take to convince some people to have that administered. Hopefully sooner rather than later, man. Sooner rather than later. I, I, I've had it. I... I promise I won't talk about this tomorrow. I just wanted to get this one out of my system. Thanks so much for listening. Your front door, your car, your gym locker, your gun. Safety is a habit. Learn more about how to keep guns safe and secure. Visit projectchildsafe.org.